0: Today on CityCast Boise, I'm talking with Meridian Library Director Nick Grove about pushing back against censorship and harassment at a recent library board meeting. We get into the safety precautions his family has had to take, the compassion he has for people living in fear and hate, and why he told the crowd that day that he would not be bullied, period. It's Thursday, January 6th. 2023. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is CityCast Boise. Hi, Nick. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: So I first became aware of you, uh, probably like a lot of people, after seeing that incredible video of you at the Meridian Library meeting, pushing back against banning books. And in it, you mentioned that it was the second meeting in four months where the library had to ask for uniformed officers to attend for safety. How has it been since that video went viral? Because it it took off. I saw on TikTok, you have 130 million views, like uh, oh, just wow. like not with one creator, but just like across the board. So you went viral viral. What? How has it been since that happened?
1: There's been an outpouring of support from our community and from around the state and honestly from around the world. Um, there's been a lot of people who are voicing their appreciation for what we do as a library and for standing up for the right to read. And those voices are very loud. They might not come to the meetings and yell at us. Um, But there is a, a large, large segment of our population that is appreciative of what we do here at the library.
0: You know, in that video, I hope you don't mind me quoting you to you, but you said, I'm a fourth generation Idahoan. I've worked in libraries for over two decades. I have never seen this level of vitriol hate and thinly veiled threats of violence at libraries. And I'm wondering, so for people who maybe haven't been following along with this story super closely, what's been happening? We had a bunch of people show up to a library board meeting, but but what started that?
1: So this has been an escalation of sorts across the country. For a number of months and it is a response to an anti-LGBTQ plus and also people of color um, being represented in books um, and that has been the main push of these groups of people and they use lies and disinformation to rile people up and create fear and that has happened with a very strong presence in our community and People are given wrong information, and that has riled people up to come to our meetings and and ask for things that we cannot do, such as banning books uh, based on a person's age um, and and things of that nature. Um, it's happening in our community, you know, from Caldwell to you know Boise. It's it's happening. The Bonner County librarian got pushed out earlier in uh, 2022, up in North Idaho, and it's happening around the country in almost every state.
0: And it's gotten really ugly. Like I I read that um, they threatened to come to your house. I bet that was a really scary experience.
1: It was not necessarily scary for me. It was unnerving, but it did definitely scared my family. Mm My, my children, you know, weren't allowed to stay at my house for three days. Our families felt that it was unsafe for them to be there. Um, You know, my mom, you know, doesn't live in Meridian, but so she's, you know, watching the internet, trying to find out, am I going to be safe to go to work? Um, You know, calling me, and as soon as the board meeting is over and making sure that I got out of the building safely and that I made it to a safe location for the night. It's definitely disconcerting. it's it's very difficult to explain to an an eight year old and a six year old, you know, what they have to do if something bad is to happen um, at our house because people don't like books that um, are available in the library. You know, I explained it to my children, and my six year old was uh, he's a little precocious, and uh, he, he his statement was they can't tell me what to read.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. What an amazing <laughs> and it, kid.
1: and uh, he's, and he it went on to say, if, if they don't like it, they don't have to read it. And I was like, well, yes, you're not wrong, buddy. Like that's, you know, what I've been trying to explain to them. And so he, it was just bewildering to him that this was a problem.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like in the way that you explained it to your children, I may need you to explain it to me because <laughs> I feel so baffled by uh, you know the amount of hate and stuff that that you and other librarians have uh, been receiving. While at the same time, having I have a lot of friends who are librarians, I'm kind of like, oh, you guys are messing with the wrong people. <laughs> um, and I just wondered, like, for you, why is it so important to push back against this, all the the book banning and the censorship? Why is this so personally important?
1: Growing up where I did in North Central Idaho, books were an escape for me, um, and it allowed me to explore pieces of myself that I was unable to talk to other people about. Um, growing up mixed race in a town that is not overly known for having racial diversity, finding um, examples of other people who had experienced my life experiences or similar um, in books was a huge impact for uh, helping me find my own personal identity. One of the phrases that you know gets used a lot is windows and mirrors and having a mirror back to what I was experiencing, but also having the window to see out into the world and experience what other people have experienced, see other places that I haven't visited. And so it's very important for our community to have those opportunities because we don't know what somebody is going through or what somebody wants to learn about. It's our job as librarians to protect the freedom to read and to protect the First Amendment and to provide those opportunities for everybody to have access and to make their own choices. And One of those important pieces is that we empower families to make choices for themselves.
0: Yeah, that was something you mentioned during the meeting is people were saying, oh, a child could come and find this this book. And you were saying, I mean, that is your responsibility as a parent. If you care about what your children read, you need to be with them at the library. And I felt like that was a really good point. And and, you know, for uh, a bunch of people who claim to be all about like personal responsibility and, you know, all these things, it's like, well, that's your job as a parent. You are in control of that.
1: And. If a child is allowed to go somewhere unaccompanied and you've told them what not to do, it doesn't matter if it's choosing a book or jumping off a slide, you know, they've done something that you have told them not to do. We provide the tools to allow a parent to see what is on a child's card. Um, We encourage them to research the books and materials that they check out from the library. And so... There's a lot of ways that a parent can be involved in the process, um, but none more so than talking to their child and having those conversations about what is right for their family. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible.
0: Um, this strange unintended consequence of these people trying to specifically ban this handful of books that have LGBTQ characters or messages, or even like Captain Underpants was one of the books that everybody, you know, was throwing around at that meeting saying they wanted banned, which my kids loved Captain Underpants. I love Captain Underpants. Very (laughs) fun, simple story of an irreverent child getting into trouble. It's like, they were like, you know, trying to ban that. But I, I've i heard from a couple of friends that this has had an unintended consequence where people will purposely check out a book and keep it out of circulation. They won't return it because they they don't want Captain Underpants, you know, in the library. But then the attention that these books are getting from people trying to ban them makes people want to read them. And so then the library has to get several copies because it's in such demand. Have you seen that? Is it actually making these books more popular?
1: It is. And in some instances, that means replacing a copy that has gone missing. Um, And if there's enough demand on a a title, you know, buying multiple copies of that title to to help meet the community demand. So in a way, it has driven up the checkouts on some of these items. The thing that I don't think is understood is if a library has a title that doesn't check out for X amount of time, then it is removed from the shelf and weeded because we don't have an unlimited space, uh, especially in our community. But the more these are, are challenged and, and fought and held on to and, and talked about, the more those checkouts go up and the more we have on our shelf because of it.
0: Well, let's talk about you a little bit. I read that you began working in libraries at the age of 14. So was this always your path? Did you always know you wanted to be a librarian? <laughs>
1: I did not. I volunteered for our city's uh, library for the summer reading program when I was 14. And uh, I was, you know, trying to pad my volunteer experience for my college. And in October of that year, I got a phone call and asked if I wanted a job. And uh, as soon as soccer season was over, I started working at the library and ended up working there for four years. And when I went to college at the University of Idaho, I never thought I'd work in libraries again. And then I needed a job and ended up working at the university library for three years. And then when I left that job, I figured I would was done with libraries again and ended up getting a full-time job at the Boise Public Library and have been working in libraries uh, ever since.
0: And w- what was your childhood library and what did you love about it the most?
1: So I grew up uh, going to the Lewiston City Library, um, and that's where I worked. We had the Seminicum branch, which was up in the orchards of of Lewiston. And it was a a small little library. I think it had been an auto repair shop at one point, Um, but it was walking distance from uh, my school. Uh, And it was just just a warm environment. And I, I loved the librarians that worked there, and it exposed me to how much a library is able to provide to a community and the just the wide variety of ways libraries are intertwined with a community
0: yeah that's a really good point you know i grew up in um, mostly rural areas and boise um, and libraries were a huge part of my childhood, and like I spent so much time at the Ada Community Library as a kid. That's still my home library. I love it there. The second I walk in, I just it feels like like going to your grandma's house or something, where you're just immediately welcomed and you feel good and safe. And I think you know the people pushing back um, on on librarians and libraries maybe maybe don't know or don't care, but like what incredible spaces, what we're so lucky to have libraries. I've always felt like, and, and your library, this, I, I hadn't heard of that this before, but can we talk about Unbound? Because it just seems like such an amazing resource for your community.
1: Yeah, I started it in 2015 and it was an outgrowth of the makerspace and technology programs that I had been doing for a number of years with the teenagers here at the Cherry Lane branch. And you know we work hand in hand with a number of organizations and partners from the city of Meridian to the Meridian Chamber of Commerce to the Small Business Administration. Um, and we, we work to provide business resources and technology resources to the community in a unique way.
0: Well, you seem really proud of it, and you should be, because it's such a cool program. (laughs) And um, you, I don't know if this is part of why you were named Meridian's Man of the Year. Congratulations. Thank you. But I was wondering, did you get like a parade, a sash? Do you have a little (laughs) crown you get to wear around the library there?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have a a small uh, little plaque on my bookshelf. So I got that award in 2020. And mostly that was due to the library's response to the pandemic, we took the machines that we had and offered to help however we could. So I ended up with almost all of the 3D printers and the laser cutter at my house um, early on in the pandemic. And we were making face shields and ear strap holders for masks. So we were laser cutting the shields and then 3D printing the headbands for the face shields. Um, And uh, we had thousands of them coming through and helped organize the um, efforts of other people in, in the community um, from Boise to Caldwell and got those distributed to people in need in our communities.
0: Nick, that's so cool. <laughs> that's so. I can see why they made you man of the year because that's really amazing that you were able to pivot, you know, while libraries were closed and to still to still be there for your community. And it makes me think of something I saw in that viral video. You know, you said, that you felt sorry for the people at the meeting who were there to ban books and to, you know, to sort of push a violent agenda and stuff. And, and it gave me chills when you said that because I thought, what an incredible, like, level of compassion and empathy for these people who are there to try to make you feel afraid. And I just, I wondered what, if you could talk about, like, what, what did you mean by that? Why do you feel sorry for those people?
1: I, I feel sorry because they're controlled by fear and hate. On how they present their ideas and that is not the communities that I've grown up in Idaho it's about personal responsibility it's about helping others it's about love and compassion and that seems to not be their mo we go into these meetings we go about our work with good faith that We're going to be respected, that we will show respect, that we will have decorum, that we can agree to disagree. And none of those are are things that we're seeing from these groups that come and scream at at meetings, that uh, want to protest at people's houses, that want to ban books, that want to censor what other people are allowed to do. And it's it's just disheartening that they want to make people fearful so that they can have that same level of of hatred um, towards other people in our community.
0: Yeah, well, your your love and care for your own community just comes through so strongly. So I want to ask, what can we do to give that back? What can we What can people do to support their their local library?
1: Make sure that you have a library card. Use your library um, and be aware of any local elections that are coming up. Get involved with elections and research the candidates that meet your expectations of how you want your community to look. There's a lot of nonpartisan local elections that, you know, are nonpartisan for a reason. It's about the values and ideals versus the, the party affiliations of people running for for those elections and the responsibility that those individuals are willing to take on to make our communities better um, and are responsive to the diverse needs of our communities. So be involved um, and don't be apathetic to what's going on because people that you disagree with are not going to be apathetic Um, and they will be involved. So you you can't be surprised if something changes if you are not willing to um, step up and and find ways to be informed and be involved.
0: Well, Nick Meridian is so lucky to have you and we were lucky to have you as a guest. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it.
1: All right. Thank you. I appreciate you having me.
0: And one more thing before we sign off, want to serve your community by being on the Boise City Council? Mayor McLean is looking to fill two Boise City Council vacancies after Lisa Sanchez lost her seat because she moved out of the district she represents, and Elaine Clegg took on a new role as the CEO of Valley Transit. The mayor's taking applications now through February 14th. We'll put info on how to apply in the show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. We'll be back tomorrow morning with our weekly news chatter episode. It's the best way to know what's going on around town. So see you back here tomorrow.